Welcome, Life Group Leaders, to another week of the Life Group Leader Podcast. This is Pastor Evan. I'm here with Pastor Hayden. And here at Compass, we exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ. We reach the world for Christ. We teach everyone to be like Christ. And we train everyone to serve Christ. And everything that we do, including this podcast, is to fulfill that mission to reach, teach, and train so that we can make as many disciples as we can. Now, we are continuing our sermon series in Navigating Culture, and uh, this sermon is going to be called, or titled, Choosing the Right Captain. Um, Pastor Hayden will be preaching on Colossians 2, verses 9 to 15. And let me read that to you before we jump into um, the podcast further. So, Colossians 2, 9 to 15. For in him, the fullness of deity deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And you, who were dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. All right, Pastor Hayden, as we continue this sermon series in Colossians, what are what should we expect in this sermon as we choose the right captain? Well, hey guys, so glad to be here uh, with you today. As we look at the text, I um, mean, so much uh, is key into understanding what uh what Paul is saying here to the Colossians, and really he's just continuing uh, what we've been talking about, looking at Christ as uh, the authority of the universe, the captain of the universe, uh, and if he's all those things, and he is well fit to be the captain of our own lives. And, uh, you know, as we look into the text uh, today and this Sunday, and even into your life groups, there's a few things that are going to be really important for us to understand. Uh, The first one would be that as we look at verse one or verse nine here, it says, for in him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. That's uh, really talking about the incarnation in the the deity of Christ. He doesn't just uh, hold within him uh, the divineness of God, that he somehow just is has some of the divine nature of God, but he is the fullness of God. And so it's not that God has let him borrow some of uh, his nature, that God the Father is distinct. Uh, God that the Son is also full of deity, and so is God the Spirit. They don't, uh, they don't give each other each, each of their natures, so one can be more God in one moment or one more God in the next moment, that we understand here that Uh, They are all three distinct, but all three are God. And this is one of those uh, big Trinitarian verses here that we need to understand. In Christ, the whole fullness of God, 
the Son dwells bodily in the incarnation of Christ. Uh, and the wonderful thing about us is we have also been filled in him. So if he's got the fullness of God in him, all those who have trusted in him have also been filled. That means there's no room in our lives for anything but Christ. And so that's really the key understanding here, because anything else that we read uh, throughout the rest of the letter to Colossians, it's not going to make a whole lot of sense if we don't first understand the fullness of deity in Christ and that we have also been filled in him, which means there's no room uh, for the other rulers and authorities to have influence in our life. There's no room for other authorities to have uh, or philosophies or human tradition to have room in our life because we're all filled up. There's no room here for anything uh, but the fullness of Christ. And so that's going to be one of our big insights today. There's, there's so much uh, more to look at here, but uh, particularly there, if we can, if you can nail that down in your life group, I think you'll have a really good opportunity for some really, really good application. And Pastor Hayden, as we uh, talked earlier before the recording, as um, you mentioned, another focus and another insight that you want to help explain is um, being brought into the family. I know there's a couple terms, it's circumcision and baptism. And so do you want to explain, as we discussed earlier, about what it means to be brought into God's family through circumcision and through baptism, as Paul is referring to them right here? Sure. Uh, we'll jump into a little bit of this on Sunday, but as we think about circumcision and the covenant that was made in Genesis 17 with Abraham, how the cutting off of the foreskin was a sign of being brought into relationship with God, of being that chosen people, and how every male from then on uh, had to be circumcised in order to be into uh, the covenant family of God. Uh, in the same way, uh, baptism is also that idea of being placed into Christ, baptizo, being placed into Christ, in this sense here, being buried with him and also being raised with him. And so uh, it also uh, conveys the picture of us being in, in communion, in connection with Christ. And so these are so important because both of these analogies here show us that this is what it takes to be brought into the family of God, that our lives be circumcised, that we be uh, baptized into Christ. And the wonderful thing about these, as you look at them, they're done without human hands, right? Uh, it's done because God is the one who worked it out to happen. And so we uh, understand it isn't through the circumcision of our flesh that brings us into communion with God, uh, because it can't. It's not made with human hands. It's made without human hands. And so it's something that God has done. Uh, it's God who, who brought us uh, and baptized us into Christ and raised us to life with him. And so these are all workings that God has done. And although God has worked these things in us, there is a requisite for us after that. And it's that we live not to ourselves, but to Christ. And because we're in him and we have been filled with the fullness of him and our lives are lived with him because we've been baptized with him and raised with him, our lives should no longer look like they did before. They should be walking in, as scripture says, the newness of life. And that's really the, the pictures here that we have been brought into the family of God through circumcision, uh, that our life has been the, the fleshness of our, the fleshiness of our lives. It is the sin and those things that does, that have been holding us uh, captive throughout our lives have been stripped off uh, like the graphic uh, image of circumcision. They've been stripped off and cut away from us. And now we are living in covenant relationship with God through turning from our sins and trusting in him. And we've also been baptized 
placed into death and, and placed into Christ through his death and raised with him uh, to live for Christ. And that's really what it means to be brought into covenant relationship with God. And that's exactly what Paul's saying here in Colossians 2. And the idea behind um, the circumcision without hands is not a new one that Paul is, you know, just came out of thin air. Um, Deuteronomy 10, Deuteronomy 30, Jeremiah 4 all talk about a spiritual circumcision that God has to do in people's hearts. And it's something that Paul refers to again in Romans 2.29, talking about a circumcision of the heart, which is by the spirit. And so as Pastor Hayden explained, you know, we need God to bring us into his family. And that's what Paul is you know, relaying here in Colossians 2. Uh, and as we continue to dive into some of the insights, uh, what are some of the ideas, Pastor Hayden, you had about, you know, talking about the, the, the debt has been canceled and um, also the triumphing over the worldly powers? Uh, what are a couple insights on that as we dive into some of these helpful key understandings and words? Like uh, baptism, right, is the idea that we have been, we have died right to ourselves, and one of the the pictures that we see here in Colossians is that record of debt that stood against us has been canceled. And why has it been canceled? Because we have died. We all know that we're not going to owe uh, debt when we die. And so this idea is we have to die in order for our record uh, to be cleared and that debt to be canceled. But it's how we die that gives us the cancellation of the debt. And that way is that we have died in Christ. So all of the, the record of death that stood against us and all the legal demands that we had to pay back and all the restitution that we, we owed to God has been set aside because it's been nailed to the cross of Christ. And because he died and we have died with him, these things uh, no longer uh, stand as a, uh, a record of debt that is outstanding on our behalf. And so that's the good news about the cross and it's all been nailed to the cross. What a good uh, gospel saturated uh, verse that we get to look at this weekend. Uh, and then the idea that he's disarmed the rulers and authority by putting them to open shame, I think is such a rich phrase that talks a lot about exactly what Paul is trying to dissuade the Colossians from. He's saying, listen, you don't need to listen to the philosophies of the world, the human traditions, that Christ is the head of all, that he is uh, sovereign over everything and in utter control of all things. Like, And his death and the resurrection uh, that God gave to Christ is really the proof that he has really taken away all the things that the rulers and authorities, and whether these things are talking about the demonic forces, which, I'm, which in part they definitely are, right? All things that are not godly or demonic, uh, all things uh, that are uh, uh, keeping us away from submitting our lives to God, or they are for sure demonic and they're for sure ungodly. Uh, and so uh, for us, it's saying that he's disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by living a righteous life, right? By, uh, by dying and defeating the grave, all these things that the world tries to get us to, uh, to, to think about, like, how are we going to live longer? You know, what are some philosophies that we're going to do in life that, uh, that are going to help us be our best selves or, you know, all these things Christ disarmed because he told us how we live a holy life. He told us how to be brought in the right relationship with God. And so all these things are not just obsolete. Uh, all these things are, are just utter nonsense because, because God humiliated them in Christ, put them to open shame. And he triumphed, he triumphed over them by being resurrected and then by bringing him uh, really a trail and a parade and a train of, of sanctified people who turned from their sins and trusted in him. So what a humiliating thing really to the world and society and all those who do not confess Christ 
that he is going to parade all of those that he has set apart with him at his return when he triumphs and, and becomes uh, visible to the world again at his return. This is how much of a triumph and a parade that's going to be as he takes and, and more uh, shames the universe who didn't turn from their sins and trust in him. What a great picture that is that Christ has indeed triumphed over them. And a cool picture to see this, um, a biblical picture that we can use is in Luke 23, when Christ is on the cross here, the enemy thinks they've won, they're mocking him, they're ridiculing him, telling him, save yourself. And yet here is uh, one of the thieves on the cross recognizes and understands and asks Jesus to say, hey, will you remember me? And then Jesus says, today you'll be with me in paradise. And so here, even at the cross, Jesus, even though he's dying, is declaring victory over everyone that's killing him. And yet in, in, in the end, as we see in Revelation, as Pastor Hayden alluded to, Christ will you know, triumph fully over death and Satan and Hades and everyone in between. And he will display his victory with all who were who saved and display his glory and majesty. So what a hopeful message, I think, right now as we you know, or in 2022 and in the season of life, people are sick. What a helpful, hopeful message that we have, that we have a person who's disarmed the rulers of authority and authorities and put them to open shame. Um, but as you're, as you're talking, Pastor Hayden, can it help think of some of the helpful cross references that we wrote down for this podcast? What are, what are a couple of references that you have that might be, best help these life group leaders best prepare uh, for the life groups this week? A few. Uh, one that I think is a parallel verse that will help you is Ephesians 2, 12 through 13, talking about being in the family of God, uh, talking about what kept us out of the family of God. And Ephesians 2, 12 through 13 says that. It says, remember that you were at uh, that time separated from Christ. So we were separated from Christ. We were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenant of promise. And we had no hope without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who are once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You've been brought near because you have, you have been circumcised with a circumcision not made by human hands. So we are no longer separated and alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. We're no longer strangers to the covenants of promise because we've been brought into the covenant of promise through the covenant of circumcision, not by our flesh, but by our hearts, by our lives. Uh, we've been baptized, placed into Christ. So now we have hope because we have died with Christ and have been raised with him. And so therefore we have been brought near by the blood of of Christ. That's one of the really good uh, reference there uh, that you can look back at at Ephesians that really draws the lines really well over into Colossians. Uh, another one, uh, I mean, there's, there, I have four here that are really good. Acts 3, 19, 1 Peter 2, 24 through 25, really good. Uh, one pastor that you brought up is Romans 6, uh, 3 through 4. It says, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ, that is placed into Christ, right, were placed into his death, uh, that we've been baptized into the death of Christ. Verse 4 says, We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we might walk in the newness of life. There's your picture. Right? We've been brought into covenant relationship with God through Christ, through his death and through his resurrection, through us being placed into his death by turning from our sins and trusting in him. Uh, Christ was raised from the dead. Now we might too walk in the newness of life here and forevermore. And so those are some great cross references that I think will help you guys 
have a more robust conversation. If I don't use some of these in our uh, life group application questions, these would be helpful for you guys to continue adding on to the conversation with those uh, cross-references. Yeah, those are extremely helpful, especially I love, even though it's short and pithy to the point, Acts 319, you know, repent and turn back so that your sins may be blotted out. Um, that's what's being talked about with Paul saying that the that he canceled the record of debt and then set it on mm -hmm. and he nailed it to the cross. Um, and then if you want to study further Romans 6, I'd recommend verses um, all of 1, one through 14 as it's a helpful study for your life group, just talking about since we have been baptized in Christ, we have dined to ourselves and now it's Christ who lives in us. This is why we shouldn't live in our sin. And so this could be a helpful one for your life group as you, you know, shepherd and lead them. Now, Pastor Hayden, with most biblical texts, there are always going to be some difficult words and interpretations that we touched on a little bit, but uh, would you mind bringing some clarity? I don't know if you're going to spend a ton of time on this in your sermon, um, but can you explain to us the rulers and authorities? Is he talking about pre presidential administrations, or what is Paul referring to when he says that you know the rulers and authorities, he's put them to shame? Who, who is he putting to shame? Yeah, and again, there's uh, multiple uh, ways that people have interpreted this through ages, but what we want to do is make sure we have a, a coherent, cogent, uh, really hermeneutic as we look through this and how we've already talked about uh, the philosophies and human traditions and how we often deify objects and uh, that we, like we talked about last Sunday, that we deify the sun and the moon and the, the elemental spirits of the world, those things, and how Christ has has is now overall rule and authority as we saw in the Christ hymn. Uh, you know, what we can know for certain is these are probably talking about demonic forces. And of course, like I said before, of course they are, right? All forces against God are demonic in nature. Uh, that we even, uh, the fact that we have been dissuaded within, in our flesh as, as Eve was uh, uh, through what? Demonic forces, right? The serpent was there to deceive Eve. So we understand that any of influence and authority not subjected to Christ is by nature demonic forces. But as we look here, what we're thinking and what we're seeing is, you know, what else was uh, under uh, the influence of demonic forces? Human philosophies, right? Uh, uh, things that, uh, that we try to make God and things we try to make authoritative that never were. And so as we look at rulers and authorities, the best way for us to look at it is to say anything in our life, anything in the world that authority is not subjected to Christ. Now, we don't mean subjected like uh, not subjected in totality in the history of the world, because all things are subjected to Christ. We know those things. But what we are, are looking at here is the rulers and authorities are all those things that did not willingly bow the knee to Christ and submit to his rulership, who all will, when the time comes, uh, bow the knee before God and confess that he is Lord. We're going to talk about all those things when we're talking about he put these things to open shame, though all those things that would not willingly subject themselves to Christ. Now, this could be a tempting area for life groups to potentially, I don't want to say, be um, distracted or go in a direction that might not be helpful. So, Pastor Hayden, what is the focus? As life groups might, as we have fun and we have great discussion, there might be some jokes in there, which are, hey, jokes are welcome. We want laughter. <laughs> Um, but when life groups start to go a direction that isn't helpful, it can be like maybe politically in a sense that doesn't really apply to the text or even bringing up some random other text that doesn't necessarily focus on what the purpose of you know, Colossians you know, 2 is. What is the focus, the life, the focus of the sermon that the, the life group leaders 
can anchor themselves onto to get people back on track. That's the preaching point of the sermon. Really, this whole uh, sermon is about making the right decision on who is the captain of your life. And we need that. We need to make that right decision if we want to understand what we're here for and where we go from here, both in this life and eternity. And so anytime people go off course, take it back to application. You know, how is this uh, question? How is this comment going to help us understand and apply deciding on who's the right captain of our life and how we're going to apply uh, these scriptures, whether we're talking about rules and authorities are these, what are these rules and authorities? Well, we need to apply them and say, okay, these are things that did not make Christ captain of their life. And how do we uh, keep our lives from being influenced by those types of rulers and authorities, those type of influences. Uh, and so really just take it all back to uh, who is the captain of our lives uh, how we ought to be applying and making sure uh, that what, whatever it is that we look back to the doctrines of the cross, right? The, the idea that, that Christ has uh, saved us, that he's that through Christ, God has canceled our death, that we have been baptized uh, into the death of Christ, that we've been circumcised without uh, a circumcision without hands. I mean, these are all things just to point the picture back there and say, how does that apply to our lives? And how should we use that to apply it to sharing the gospel with other people? And really, it comes down to this. Uh, are you in him and are you with him? And that's why the words that you see uh, throughout all of these verses, 9 through 15, says that you are in him, that in him, that it's in him, and that is with him, and that is with him. And so when it comes to making Christ the captain of our lives, it's we're with him. If he's the captain, we're with him. He's not with us in the sense that, you know, we just, he tags along with our journeys. No, we're with him. Like he's the one leading this thing. He's the one driving this boat. I'm with him. And it, what's important is I'm with him because I'm in him, because I've been placed into his death by turning from my sins and trusted in him. So really there's your main focus. Are you with him? Are you in him? And if that's the case, then we need to talk about how we can apply that to our lives and lead our people in that. Well, per usual, Pastor Hayden, we have a lot more uh, notes. I mean, I probably listed out you know, 20 or so cross-references. I wish I could share, but we, you know, we limit ourselves to four. Um, but there's lots of resources out there. I know I have one, but you wrote down, I think, two really good resources for the life group, life group leaders to have as they not just shepherd you know, their life group this week, but you know, the weeks and months and years to come when, this, when these issues pop up. So what are the two resources that you wrote down that may be helpful for them to have in their library? There are two that I wrote down that I thought would be really helpful. One is Bruce Ware's uh, book on, one of his books on the Trinity, the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Relationships, Roles, and Relevance. It's a good one. It's not, it's not a hard read, super easy read. That's why I think it's going to be good for all of us. It's a good one to read. John MacArthur's uh, book, The Deity of Christ, is also going to be helpful. Uh, if, if you look into this, uh, these verses, it's, the Trinity is very evident. God's work, the Father's work, the Spirit's work. Uh, and then we also need to understand the deity of Christ. The fullness of deity dwells bodily. I mean, that's all about the deity of Christ. And with so many cultures, cultural wars against, is Christ God? Is he authoritative? Is he the exclusive means to salvation? I mean, all those things, so important. I think these two resources will give you a, a more rounded understanding and a helpful apologetic to defend the Trinity and to, to defend the deity of Christ. And the resource that I have is taking this concept and this truth to another application level. And uh, the resource that I have is the, it's called, it's a book by Mark Shaw, the Heart of Addiction, a Biblical Perspective, and I specifically have the 10th anniversary, but that's a little detail here or there. 
Um, but if if we are complete in God, we don't need anything else to, um, I was going to say help us, but to complete us. That's what, you know, the before and after this text, you know, don't be taken captive by empty deceits and don't let someone, you know, judge you wrongly for worshiping on a different day or judgments on questions of food or drink as Pastor Hayden will talk about next week. Um, but since we are complete in God and since we've been changed by God and since we have God in us, we can attack addiction. And this book specifically talks about alcohol, um, but there's plenty of addiction that the, even the book says that you can apply this to. So because we have God in us as Christians, or if anyone is not a Christian, they can have God in them if they repent and trust in Christ, they can fight addiction in such a much more powerful, more hopeful way. So this book is a very helpful um, uh, walk through with how to help people with addictions, uh, focusing on the truth that, you know, Christ is God, the Holy Spirit is God, the Father, God, the Father is God, and that if we have God in us, we can live a holy life. Um, but we have a few announcements uh, as for you to convey to your life groups uh, this week. I'll tackle the first two and um, I'll let Pastor Hayden tackle the, uh, actually no, Pastor Hayden, you take the, tackle the first two and I'll take the last two because that's that's how it's revolved around. My bad. All right, yeah, you've taken the first helpful. two. Uh, so we were able to reschedule Exploring Compass. Uh, we uh, moved the session this week to next week. And so we'll do sessions one and two together next week. Uh, so if anyone in your group was thinking about it but thought they missed the first one, good news. Uh, they can join us next week and still get all three weeks and graduate in two weeks from our Exploring Compass sessions. And so uh, the great thing is next week that we will be able on the uh, 26th, no, the 19th, to continue Exploring Compass. Uh, we'll have the next two sessions on the 19th and 26th. If you haven't signed up, you can do that online at compasshillcountry.org or this weekend at the Connect booth. Uh, the second announcement that I have is Compass, Compass Women's Fellowship. Uh, many of you gals will be meeting uh, over the next uh, couple of days. We have uh, some gals who have uh, their groups have uh, rescheduled, even like Kayla, my wife, and, and Candace, Pastor Evans' wife, have rescheduled their group uh, to uh, later on this month. And so if that's something you've done, uh, just let Kayla know. I know she's reached out to all of you gals, so no concerns about that. But just to let you guys know that Campus Women's Fellowship over the next couple of weeks as people start uh, feeling better and getting out and being able to have some more uh, life group fellowship events. Uh, and again, if you have any questions, just connect with Kayla uh, for any questions you may have for her. What are some, uh, what are our two final announcements we have here, Pastor Evan? Well, I am super excited about next Saturday, January 22nd, because at 9 a.m. we're having the men's breakfast for, the, for Compass Men's Breakfast. So it, Guys, make sure that you announce this, get the guys in your group excited and have ever, all the men in your group, you know, invite them to this event. We'll have a big breakfast planned. Um, we'll also probably need help. We, you know, we will need help with people serving. And so we're going to create a serving uh, serving post list that you can help your men sign up for, uh, for, you know, set up, tear, about, tear down and everything in between. Um, but I'll be preaching on how to build a, you know, building a great reputation and we'll be focusing on Proverb 22 um, about building a, a good name. And so there's gonna be lots of cool things and convicting, but encouraging things about how us men can focus on not just building a good reputation, but which kind of reputation we need to build, um, which is according to God and his word. Um, last, uh, we're really excited about this uh, discipleship now, also known as a D now. It's a 
overnight student retreat, which will be um, in New Braunfels in different host homes. So if you have any students in your group or you know of any um, uh, teenagers in Compass, make sure that the uh, we have registrations open uh, this week uh, for um, the D now that's happening Thursday night, starting Thursday night on February 17th and continuing on February 20th on Sunday morning. And so the students will be diving in uh, with Jordan on uh, John chapter three, but they'll be also having a ton of fun doing separate, several different activities throughout the city. Um, so make sure that they sign them up uh, this week when the registrations open. So the cost of this is gonna be about $45 uh, for the first two students per family. And then th uh, for the third student and after it's gonna be $30. So the first, four, uh, first two students, $45. And then three and after, $30 per student. And this is just to help cover the cost of the activities and uh, food and everything in between. So with that, that being said, Pastor Hayden, is there any final words you have for us? Yeah, we appreciate you guys so much. Please reach out if you have any questions. Please, as always, if you have anyone uh, sick in the hospital or who's uh, hurting or anything, please let us know. We'd love to connect with them and, and love on our people. But until then, uh, we're praying for you guys. Uh, we appreciate you guys and looking forward to uh, worshiping with you guys this weekend.